irregardless of change or what's happening in technology and what's happening within the business world around your organization, how loyal are you to the folks that work for you? And then in turn, what kind of reasons do you give them to be loyal to you? Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's been a little bit. Steven, the knucklehead here with you on another episode of Knucklehead Podcast. Last time you and I had a conversation, it was some time ago. I sat down with a good friend of mine, a very successful operator in the military, very successful executive in the business world. Great, great guy, Davin Marceau over at Access eForums here in Dallas. And honestly, let's just jump right in here. What we're going to talk about today over the course of this podcast, over the course of the time together. And remember, this is knucklehead, right? This is not Guy Raz, how I built this. This is not a, you know, Sam Parr uh, over at the hustle who just got recently acquired by HubSpot type podcast, uh, how I made my first million, you know, which I'll be honest with you. A lot of those podcasts from tech enabled companies like that, that what they are is they're small flexes and uh, what they want to do. And rightfully so, they've earned a lot of that notoriety and recognition uh, through the work that they've put into their business, the operations, the systems. And, you know, whenever you're first starting out, either your business or you've hit a threshold and you feel like you're kind of plateauing, you've got to break through to the next level. It's easy to be distracted by those who have seemingly accomplished some, some pretty cool things. And that's why I love conversations with my buddy, Davin. That's why I love conversations with the clients that we work with, uh, the sales calls that I'm on, the people I'm talking with out in the marketplace. I just, I can't thank you enough for those people who are continuing to listen, but then also in addition to that, just continue to stay connected and engaged. Quick shout outs real quick. Just want to say congratulations to a good buddy of mine. I went through a couple of years ago, a pretty dark time going through a transition with some, uh, some job stuff and needed to really kind of double down and figure out what was important, what wasn't. Uh, my buddy Chris Hoffman helped me through some of that process with a couple of his programs. And he just recently went through an incubator with his organization. They're doing some great things, hiring a developer. So if you're a veteran, you're in a business, you like doing coding and all that stuff, hit up Chris Hoffman over there on LinkedIn. Great person uh, over at the Ambitious Vet Network. A quick shout out also to uh, Jay Johnson out in San Diego. Uh, Jay's got some some great things going on with his business. I, I'm excited about Laney Collective, excited about the growth that they are experiencing uh, also some personal wins within our team. Got some great things happening with, you know, a new team member coming back on board. We've got some relocations happening on the team. So I'm excited. Uh, and listen, if you're listening to this podcast and, and we say something that, that kind of rubs you the wrong way or, or you don't tend to agree with because, you know, our political views or our views or perspective on the world uh, don't line up with yours, then fine. You know, this, this probably isn't the podcast for you. I'm going to tell you right now, um, I'm excited about uh, freedom. I'm excited about you know, living in America, we just, we're just coming out of a, a freedom celebration here in this country. Um, and, you know, the example that, that America sets through the rest of the world, our hard work, our hard dedication, what we do day in and day out is just a way to pay it forward uh, and also say thank you to the generation that came before us. So with that, let's dive into the to topic for today. Uh, I'm going to talk real quick about some principles, not just with your uh, podcast organization or with your media organization, but just if you want to take a couple steps back here and let's look at, you know, the year 2010, which organizations were at the forefront of essentially leading the way in whatever their respective industry was and how did they use media, whether it be paid media or, or you could call it earned media, you, leveraging PR? How did they own the particular channels that got them the, the attention that they were looking for? 
You know, I remember eBay being a, a big, uh, a big player in the early 2000s and they still, you know, respectively, they, they do a significant amount of revenue, but you know, they're not necessarily the Amazon of the world, right? Uh, if you look at specifically here in the U.S., right, there's millions of examples uh, throughout the world of folks within their particular niche or in their particular territory where they own that respective channel in that particular market. So we're going to talk just real quick about principles of, uh, you know, how your organization's going to essentially going to stabilize, going to help you get to the next step. You hear it talked about quite a bit with emerging technology, with new opportunities to connect with people, your business will continue to go through changes. But what stays consistent? What are the things that are going to separate your organization as more folks get onto LinkedIn and leverage video in order to garner attention and then subsequently convert that attention for new business? You know, about a year, year and a half ago, Clubhouse was a gigantic application where a lot of folks were looking at, you know, the number of downloads and signups that they were having. And if you look at the trajectory of growth, they've significantly slowed. And at the time, everybody was talking about how incredible opportunities were coming up within Clubhouse. And hey, can you speak on this panel? And that was my point in bringing up the year 2000 just a second ago. Everything will always change. That's that's one of the only constants that you have change. And within your business, what are the most important things that are going to allow you to withstand some of the change going on around you? And also, in addition to that, how are you going to be able to overcome the inertia that works against you? I know at the beginning of the pandemic last year, we lost a, we lost a boatload of business. You rewind the clock back a little bit. Whenever I was transitioning uh, industries and we sold our personal training and fitness business down in Austin, I had a really difficult time because of the financial struggles that we were having as a family. Um, I just feeling terrible when you couldn't honor your commitments, right? You take, you take payment for a package and then there's an expiration date on that particular package. So you're, you know, if your client isn't able to coordinate with you, or if you're not able to accommodate within that time frame, sometimes there's going to be things that get lost in translation there. You feel terrible when you can't execute and honor your commitment there, right? So that's, that's one of the things that's, that has surfaced at least over the course of the, of the last uh, 18 to 24 months about how loyalty plays a huge role. And I'm not talking about loyalty when it's convenient. My wife constantly gets on to me about commitments either throughout the day, throughout the week. And the crap that I put up with, it seems like, or, or maybe the, the things that I allow to, to, to slide because people are still people and you've got to give them some grace. And she, you know, she's, she gives me grace all the time. So, you know, she gets, she gets frustrated with me when she knows that things could be happening at a, at a quicker pace and, and, in a, in a larger scale and they're not happening right at that moment. So it's, Loyal to a fault is the way that she's described it a few times. And she's absolutely 100% correct. When you look back on, you know, a particular time in business, I was pursuing a, uh, I was pursuing a side business in addition to my sales career. This is going back now, almost six years now, geez. And over the course of that particular time, it seemed as if I was almost more sold out to the side business. And what it was doing is it was starting to, to weigh against the fabric of our family. It was starting to kind of chip away a little bit against the nerve endings. It was, it was, it was exposing a few things about my, you know, about where my loyalties were. I felt as if I needed, I owed, you know, more time and attention to these, to these side things when quite frankly, I could have, I could have navigated that entire scenario in our life much better if I had communicated, if I had communicated clearly with my wife, I communicated clearly with my employer, if I communicated clearly with the folks that I was building the side business with and essentially spelled out the priorities of terms of where things were and 
from a loyalty standpoint, that's you know one of the first uh, principles that I want to talk about. What happens is, is you appear very disloyal, or you feel you you appear very disorganized, or or not consistent enough whenever you have challenges communicating what your priorities are. Even if you're having difficulty with your priorities, you've got to communicate that to folks who who have a vested interest in in the success in your life. And so kind of to put a bow on why that's going to be consistent is irregardless of change or what's happening in technology and what's happening within the business world around your your organization, how loyal are you to the folks that work for you? And then in turn, what kind of reasons do you give them to be loyal to you? And you know, one of the things that we started working on with a really cool platform called Result Maps, a good friend of mine uh, named Scott Scott Levy, shout out to Scott Levy. Go over to Result Maps and check him out if you haven't had an opportunity to go do that. Helps you track essentially what your progress is, and essentially you can report run reports against uh, not just KPIs. Essentially, it just gives you a, a roadmap on how to accomplish things successfully and, and give you reasons as to why you didn't. And so, honoring those particular commitments, if you document them, you kind of give accountability. I think, in my opinion, folks truly want to be held accountable. They truly want to to have systems in place that can reveal to them the quality of their work. And if they're given that framework and that process, then they can be in turn loyal to you and your organization for performing at a consistent and high level. This episode is brought to you by Voris, a strategic sales advisor for early stage startups. At Voris, we'll add a startup sales expert to your team without the cost and commitment of hiring full time. We offer sales and SDR advisory for teams serious about exceeding their goals as well as strategy and process recommendations to help accelerate growth. Let us tell you exactly what to focus on to dramatically improve your results. We help early stage startups hit their revenue goals and you are only one click away from more revenue. Forrest.com. That's essentially the second principle rolling right into consistency and consistency over the course of the last, I'm not talking about consistency over a few weeks or a few months or even a few years, right? And I'm talking about if you can consistently try to get better today than what you were yesterday, it, what it will reveal is how important or how what progress you made towards your consistent midterm goals and how that plays a role in truly what's important. For instance, we use a, a system to set some goals uh, up at work, right? So our work is we, we wanna hit a goal within a, a certain 90 day period of time. So that means today, you know, our eight hour window of opportunity that we have today, what what can we do to leverage these eight hours to help us accomplish the goal 90 days from now? And at the end of that 90 days, we may have missed some of our goals, but in the process of doing that, we've revealed that, hey, listen, we, we had the wrong goal. A good example would be, you know, our goal was to be at 50 produced podcasts where we produce day in and day out for corporations to help them produce a revenue generating asset, a digital asset, otherwise known as a podcast at the end of the summer in 2021, right? Well, why was that important? Well, it was important to hit that revenue number so we could essentially continue to grow at the scale in which we had originally anticipated. But the reality is there are things that broke within the business whenever we were trying to pursue that goal. So wrong goal. Right. If I've got a, a revenue number of, let's just say, you know, 400, 400 K of sales that I need to generate over a 90 day period of time and I miss that goal, then I can reverse engineer the process to say, well, what was my activity during those eight hours to produce that level of sales? Or if it's a million dollars just to use a round number, what do I need to produce week to week in terms of adding to the pipeline to reverse engineer the process to get me to where I need to go? So you can't do that if you're not being consistent. And if you're not being consistent, then you're never really going to truly find out what's important, right? So, you know, let's turn back the clock a little bit and go back 15 minutes and talk about 
what was important in business in 2010 or 2000, what was important for leveraged media or earned media. On YouTube, you can go back and look at news reports from the 90s and the early 2000s about people still being confused of what an email address was or, or what website was working or web optimization or search engine optimization. All, the, all these tenants and these, and these idiosyncrasies associated with your business that seemingly are the most important things now, or they were an afterthought. They, people didn't even know what they were then. And things change consistently. So does that mean that, you know, you can't grow an organization back then if you didn't have those things? No. Does it mean that you can't grow an organization if you don't have those things now? No. They just seem to be the most important because you hear them talked about depending upon what your respective industry is. So without being consistent within your business or developing consistency within your organization, if we don't have a master production schedule, then we can't hold folks accountable for producing elements that ultimately lead to a podcast or content for a project that is going to lead to growth for the organizations that we perform those services for. So that's one of the biggest things uh, that I found to be most helpful. So getting consistently throughout the process gives you clarity also on when you need to stop. Right. So stopping is something that I almost took for granted. I was always taught as a Marine, it just the way that I was trained. I mean, if I'm being perfectly transparent with you, it was a survival tactic that I developed when my dad left. My dad, my dad left at a young age. What that revealed in me before I even went to go live with my dad, the folks that I lived with, my mom and my stepdad, there was a contentious relationship that I had with authority because the, the, the guy that raised me beat the hell out of me. And I want to talk about that for a second, because what that did is it revealed um, the people that are supposed to care about you the most. They, they, they do, but they, they just went about it in a really weird and twisted and warped way. So it, it warped and twisted my relationship with authority so much so that it really created an excuse for me to blame other people and become a victim in a way, as opposed to just saying, you know what? That guy's got his things going on. That has nothing to do with me. You know, I, I wasn't you know, mature enough as a kid to develop the thought process to just let that stuff go. And what happened was, is, is the way that I dealt with that trauma or that stress is I just, I constantly had to keep things going. The frequency that, that was developing inside my brain subsequently led to the frequency and the intensity that I went to go apply myself into certain things, whether it be extracurriculars or reading or, or business or whatever it was. And I remember I got my first job when I was like 14, 15 years old. I had, you know, left that home and, and went to go move with my, move in with my dad. And then he left, you know, he, he took off. He, he had some things going on in his business world that he had to go find a different opportunity and go make the most of what he needed to do. And I never stopped. The value of stopping was never revealed to me because what I did is I just kept on grinding and I never stopped to look back at the work that I had done and evaluate, is this the work that I needed to be doing? And am I getting anywhere closer to my goals that I'm setting? So the value of stopping is this a severely underestimated principle, in, in my opinion. First of all, stopping and, and, and reviewing gives you perspective and the value of what those things are, right? And when I almost lost everything, my tendency, or at least my training taught me to just continue to grind, because if I didn't grind, then I was just going to lose everything. It was it was like a work dysfunction that I had, thinking that if I continued to grind, if I continued to move through, 
uh, and, and just, and just grind it out that, that I could outwork the problem. Well, that was part of the problem. Never stopping so you could gain focus in a different perspective. For instance, I'll, I'll give you one real quick. So back in 2000, I think it was 15, may have been 2016. It could even been 2017 in that time frame. I was in the food business, right? And in the food business, what you're doing is you're trying to leverage human behavior, right? Because people make 27 diet decisions throughout the week. So essentially, if you can carve out a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a piece of that for each individual meal, and essentially you're subsidizing your income based off of providing them access to those resources, then that's a, that's a good thing. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to, I was all, I was passionate about branding. I was passionate about carving out opportunity. And so I wanted to create this beef line. It was a corned beef brisket line, but I wanted to brand it for this up and coming MMA fighter named Conor McGregor. So the best thing that I knew how to do is I went to go research different things about who is in charge of his business affairs. Come to find out there was an organization called Paradigm Sports Management and Audi Attar and Tim Simpson, who are uh, essentially his representatives now, and they've been representing him for years and they made you know, tens of millions of dollars for all the fights that he has done. But back in the day, they, this is before, you know, proper 12 hours risk, came out. There wasn't really a baseline of expectation for MMA fighters to get involved in producing their own food products. So I approached, you know, a, a retail organization that had distribution where there was a large Irish American population and started reverse engineering the process on how to put together this plan to present Paradigm Sports Management with this really cool, you know, Irish corned beef McGregor beef brisket line. It was called McGregor Signature Beef. And I tell you what, it blew up in my face because I didn't know how to build a comp plan to incentivize an athlete to take a risk on uh, on this product. You know, and you're talking about, you know, your baseline of cost on the raw materials plus added additional cost and everything else. This just goes back to my original point. Hey, listen, if I didn't have loyalty throughout the process as I was doing all this, I couldn't leverage the relationships that I had built to go even provide that as an opportunity. If I wasn't consistent at trying to hit my goals throughout the work process, I wouldn't have been able to realize what's important. And not only that, but realize what's important to the people I was trying to pitch. And also what I learned in that exercise is the value of stopping, right? So uh, obviously things didn't work out. They liked the idea. I think it was right around the time that he was you know, throwing a dolly through the window of a truck. So, you know, not everybody was as interested in leveraging even negative PR to gain attention for their brand to create some conversions. So that eh, just is what it is. So that's my story when it comes to revealing essentially the value of stopping and also uh, moving on to the next opportunity. So anyway, with that, I just kind of wanted to, uh, to to chat with you real quick, just jam through a few principles that we've learned, not just in business, but also what that's revealed to us in terms of an organization and, and providing opportunities for different people, explaining what's important, using the power of your voice, humanizing the brand over here at Knucklehead, and uh, and just really just helping organizations get clarity about leveraging their unique skill or unique talent, their human capital, and then leveraging that to turn into to own PR channels uh, with their own podcast. So anyway, just some cool things that I wanted to chat with you about. We've also learned that within your network, you know, folks that try to copy you or try to take what you've done and go do it on their own. Cool. Yeah. I I guess that what that does is it's a, it validates that what you're doing is right. And if it can help them create some opportunities and make some cash, cool. Fantastic. Folks who copy what it is that we do and try to try to go make some things happen on their own. God bless you. That's awesome. We can help you in any way. Just let us know, hit us up Uh, and get in touch with us over at knucklehead.agency. You can look at knucklehead media group all over uh, on Twitter and LinkedIn, connect with us there. 
If you had to get in touch with me, again, Steven over at Knucklehead Media Group. This is Knucklehead Podcast, so remember, don't be a bait about the process. Go out and get you some wins. And uh, you got any feedback for me, go ahead and leave me a review. I'd love to hear kind of what your feedback is. Stay consistent, guys. Appreciate y'all. Have a good rest of the day. See ya.